0: You are listening to audio from The Creek Church. If you would like more information about The Creek, please be sure to visit our website at thecreekfw.com. com. Christmas. How are we doing? It's so good to see you all. Thank you for celebrating with us tonight. And um, guys, Santa Claus is coming tonight. <whistles> <Yeah. laughs> only one more sleep. We used to measure it in sleeps. Like only one more sleep until Santa comes. You go to bed tonight, listen to mom and dad, Santa Claus is going to visit you, and so it's going to be good, right? Tomorrow's going to be celebrating, happy, family, crazy, food. Most of us have been in the December food coma month, um, and so I've just decided December doesn't count for anything. I just eat what I want, and uh, it's really working out poorly for me, but I've still enjoyed it. Um, but I just want to thank you. We're here to celebrate Christmas. We're to celebrate Jesus. And, and as the, the song said and as, as, as you've heard throughout the, the, the service, we're always in different seasons. That we're always in sometimes the greatest season we've ever been. And sometimes we're in the most difficult season. And that, that's just each one of us uh, goes through the variations of that. But God is still God in every one of those. And God still has a purpose and a promise no matter where we are. For some of you, this is a, a difficult Christmas um, for some of you, it's this is this is you're on your peak, man. This is the best Christmas you've had. Our family, it's been kind of an awkward Christmas. We've we kind of decided we're going to plan this. This has got to be the perfect Christmas because everything changes after this one, because our youngest daughter will be completely out of our house. She's a senior in college. She's mar- getting married in May, and so this is kind of that last Christmas with, with our child in the home, and so uh, it's just kind of like, well, it's got to be perfect, and so we had all these baking plans and all of our Christmas movies and everything, and we've done none of it. <laughs> we've watched our fill of Hallmark movies, though, I must say that. Um, I think New Year's Resolution is no more of that stuff, um, <laughs> But it's all the pressure because it's like it's just gotta be perfect and then it doesn't go the way we planned but, but it's still been an incredible season and God just says no matter where we are, we can still focus on his promise and focus on who he is and the greatest gift ever given is Jesus. Um, I, don't, I don't know where my Bible's at actually. Um, anybody have a Bible I can borrow? You got one? Ryan, grab me a Bible. You got a Bible? Anyway. It's a, this is service right here, isn't it? It fell off. Oh, thank you. It's my Bible. It's like my it's like my Linus blanket. You know, my you know. Speaking of Linus, that's the, the passage I want to read to you because I always think of Charlie Brown's Christmas when I read this, but we haven't watched that one either in our house yet. Um there's still tonight, man. We're gonna be up all night watching movies and baking. That's <laughs> I am? Oh, okay. No, that's not going to happen then. It's Luke chapter 2, verse 8. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that shall be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God, saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. And this is the public birth announcement of Jesus. Now there had been an announcement by the angel to Mary that said you're gonna give birth to a son and his name will be called Jesus, he will be Emmanuel and the government will rest on his shoulders and the Prince of Peace and everything that we hear from Isaiah. But all those were private announcements. This is the first public announcement that happens to the world about the birth of our Savior, the birth of the King of Kings, the birth of the one that was gonna be uh, lived out in perfection and then give his life on a cross for our sins and be a sacrifice for us. And in this moment, there's a, there's a lot happening, and the angels are rejoicing because they know that the perfect gift has been delivered. Many of us go through what's called festive burnout. Festive burnout is caused by financial anxiety, family stress. This is actual diagnosis that psychologists have given our culture. Festive burnout. I don't know what medication will be for that. I mean, it might be like red eyes, itchy skin, and desire for summer. I don't know. But, but festive burnout also is caused by the stress of finding the perfect gift. How many of us stress out over finding the perfect gift? Like, I got to get exactly what's right. I got to get them something they're going to love. I got to get the perfect thing. And so when you feel like you find that, you wrap it up. It's all beautifully wrapped. The ladies, the guys, we don't wrap. um, We pay our kids to wrap, which is another change that's going to happen this year. (laughs) I'm going to have to pay my wife to wrap your own gifts. You can help me out. One of the great ways you could help me out next year. But it's beautifully wrapped, and you have this anticipation of it sitting under the tree. And you cannot wait for it to be opened because you know they're going to love it. You know it's the perfect gift. You know that you put everything into this. And your anticipation is simply this. I want to see their joy when they unwrap this. That's what's going on in heaven, that when there's glory to God in the highest, and the angels are singing, and everything is happening, and there's this exuberant celebration, they know that the perfect gift for humanity has just been delivered, and they're waiting for him to unwrap our salvation, and unwrap our freedom, and unwrap our our forgiveness, and our grace, our purpose, our hope, our life. They know in Jesus rests everything. And they're excited and the shepherds hear this announcement. I love that, that God gives the announcement to the ordinary men of the field because God is not just a God of the absolutely incredible moments, but he's the God of ordinary. And he wants to take us who are ordinary and do something extraordinary in us. And he makes this announcement and says, this is good news of great joy which shall be for all the people because they know that heaven sees that a gift is given and in Christ, everything is wrapped. And this gift is, is for all mankind. This gift is the good news of great joy, which shall be for all people. For under you is born this day in the city of David, a Savior who is Christ the Lord. He comes offering this gift, and it's, it, it's, it's a free gift. It's, it's not something we earn or work for. I don't know what your, your background with church is. You may have never been in church in your life. You may have grown up in church, and like my story, walked away and said, I'm done with all that. I've done my religious checklist. I should have gotten enough points on my card until I, I, I graduated high school that I'm good for eternity, You might have been caught up in a religious system, regardless of what your background is. You may get wrapped up in this idea that I've got to work for this gift. If it's a gift we work for, then it's not a gift, it's a wage. It's something that we're deserved and none of us deserve this grace that Jesus offers. Romans 6.23 tells us what our wage is, what we do deserve, for the wages of sin is death, that when you and I are born into this world, we're born broken, we're born separated from God, we're born disconnected, we're born into a system of the world that is broken, and the wage of that is death. That's what we deserve, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. It's a gift. It is given Ephesians 2 tells us in, in verse eight and nine that, that it's a free gift. It's, it's, it's given by grace and we're saved through faith. Faith means I trust that Jesus is this gift given to me and it's a gift. It's not of our own doing. Otherwise, we'll figure out a way to brag about it. We'll figure out a way to think that we're somehow good enough that we deserve the love of God or that we're good enough that God owes us something. But simply this. It's a gift that's extended for all people. When Jesus gave his life on the cross on Calvary, he died for the sins of the world. For God so loved the world, for God so loved us that he gave his only son. And the reality is the gift is for all, but that gift has to be received. He gave his life on the cross of Calvary for all the world. And those who believe in him, who trust him, who submit under the weight of his lordship and his mercy and his grace are those who receive this gift. It, it, it's, it's the best way I can articulate this to you. I don't know if you've heard the phenomenon lately, porch pirates. If you don't know what porch pirating is, it's people driving around the neighborhoods They're looking for packages on the front porch. They sneak up, they steal your package, and they go away. Now, the reality is this. When we think about Jesus as the gift given, salvation, his grace, his mercy, this life that he's created for you, that he's paid for for you, is sitting in front of you. It's sitting on your front porch. All you have to do is open the door and receive it. Because if it's on my porch, and, and, and I pity the fool that, that takes something off my porch, because Amazon, I'm, this is no exaggeration. The delivery guys at my house, a minimum of five times a week, sometimes multiple times a day. With all the church deliveries we get and all this construction we've been doing, my house should be Amazon HQ 2 <laughs> I mean, I should get the tax breaks. I should get all the benefits there within wherefore thereof. That, or at least my house could be an Amazon distribution center or a cardboard collection. I don't know. It's, I can't even get anything in the garage because it's so stacked with boxes. How many of us realize we have so much sitting right in front of us, but we have to receive it? That... that When Jesus was born, in John chapter 1, it speaks of Jesus, that Jesus in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was with God, and this Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. Verse 11 tells us that Jesus came to His own own people, and they did not receive Him, but to those who do receive Him, who believe in His name, He gives the right to become children of God. It's not an automatic thing. We've got to receive this gift of grace. We've got to receive Christ into our life in order to live a life greater than ourselves. We have to submit ourselves to this, that we receive this. And yes, Jesus died for the world, He died for everyone. He bore the penalty and the punishment of every sin. But we have to ask for that forgiveness. It's an interesting thing that when you look at some words of Jesus that that he died for the, the, the sins of the world. He died for the world. But before he's crucified, the night that he was betrayed, he had the last supper, the communion and he sits with his disciples and he's sharing this meal with them and he's giving a new meaning to some things at the table that they're celebrating. They're celebrating the Passover. He's giving a new meaning because Jesus is introducing a new covenant by his blood and he offers his disciples this cup of wine and he says, drink this for this is the blood of my covenant which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. Now, why is it that we have Jesus dying because he, God so loved the world that he died for all the sins, but yet many are going to receive the forgiveness. It's because not everyone will accept. Not everyone will receive this gift. And God's brought you here for a purpose. You've been invited here for a purpose, and that purpose is for you to receive that gift. And when you receive this gift, this isn't a gift that we put on the shelf. This is a gift that we put to use. Some of the greatest gifts I've ever received are gifts that make my life easier. You know, some power tools for any guy. Yes and amen. Come on. I, I have this weird connection with flashlights. So the the brighter the better. I mean, my philosophy on flashlights, one is none, two is one. I, have, I want a flashlight everywhere I can stick a flashlight. I mean, they're in my truck, they're on my key ring, they're in my backpack, they're in my briefcase, they're in my nightstand, they're everywhere. I love having, and they gotta be good flashlights. I'm not talking about the little dinky ones that go out. I mean, they gotta be good, high-lumen, bright flashlight. That changes my world. Now, I did learn at a young age, you don't do, guys, I'm gonna, I'm gonna save some marriages right now. You do not buy your wife, your mother, your girlfriend, anybody a gift that implies work, okay? That's a negative, okay? Only if she asks for it and you have strict express written permission from the woman in your life can you buy a gift that implies work, okay? But for us guys, we're good. I'm kind of on the line with you, baby. You know that. This is like the fifth or sixth, eighth service. I don't remember how many doing it. But I've said this, but I'm on the line. I think you're gonna like what you got. It, it, doesn't, it doesn't imply work, it does the work for you. So we'll know tomorrow morning. So if you see me post, hey, anybody know a good marriage counselor, you know it didn't go over well. But this gift that Jesus gives is designed to be put to use. That it's, it's it, our salvation isn't something we stick on the shelf and go, okay, so when I was a kid or at one point or at a Christmas Eve service at the Creek Church in Fort Worth, I gave my life to Christ. I received this gift. I'm going to put that on the shelf, and I'm going to use that because that's my get out of hell free card, and I will use that someday, but it's just nice there sitting on the shelf. We all have those gifts that just take up space in our house that need to be thrown away. Most of our closets are full of gifts that we should have never accepted in the first place because they've been hanging so long, you can't even give them to goodwill. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Man, we got the pants with the lines on them from the dust. But salvation is a gift to put to work in our life. Paul wrote to the church in Philippi in in chapter two. He's writing to people who would receive this gift. He, He says, therefore, my beloved, He's, you've, already received, you've received the grace of Christ. You've received the mercy. You've received reconciliation. You've been set in a relationship with the king of kings, the, the creator of the universe. You've been set in a family. That's the church. That's the body. And you're, you're being set free because I'm pulling off things that don't look like Christ. And I'm going to set you in motion, but I want you to understand something, that, that you, as you have obeyed, And so you do in my presence or you do it in my absence, he says a phrase, he writes a phrase that has caused a lot of issues in church for a long time. He says, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. And so many people have walked away thinking, I've got to work for God to love me. I've got to work so God will forgive me. If that's the case, we've stepped into religion and we're missing the relationship with our Savior. He didn't die for us to have a checklist of to-do items. He died to have a relationship with us. And we don't work for our salvation. We work from it. It's at work in our life. This, This word, work out, which is not in our vocabulary for another week, okay? But this word, work out, it's agricultural language. It's harvesting language. To the, to the people who would read this in their original language in, in the Greek context, they would read this and they would understand that, that okay, so my salvation, I've received this field from God. I have to accept it and take ownership of what he's given me. And I take ownership of this field, then I've gotta work it. Then I've gotta get in there. And, and so this, this piece of ground That God has given us in in life in Christ is not gonna produce on its own. We're called to go in and work it. So we've gotta till the soil, we've gotta tend to the soil, we have to plant the seeds. And and the the hard thing about planting is the seed has to go in the ground and die before it can produce. And there's a lot of work that goes into this thing before the harvest. We're in such a, a get it now culture and an instant gratification culture that if it's not working out for a couple minutes, we walk away from it. And this gift of grace that comes through Jesus, is this is a lifelong commitment that you tend to this, you work this soil. Because from the time a seed is sown to the harvest is many months, and some of you are in that winter season, some of you are in the spring where you're just now starting to see something break the surface. And I wanna encourage you to keep working at that, because it's only through working in that and staying faithful in that that we come to that moment of harvest. See, we love the word harvest because it implies receiving, intake, abundance, but the harvest is such a small percentage of the time of the entire year that we're tending and planting and tilling, and watering, and pruning, and preparing. And then the work of the harvest begins. This salvation, this working out our salvation, is we don't grow weary in doing what God has called us to do because in due season, we will reap a harvest. God wants to work out something in in us. What he's working out in us is to, to begin to shape us and mold us into the image of Jesus so that you and I look more like Jesus because the beauty of God's plan of redemption that started at Christmas, well, actually, the flesh part started at Christmas. It was in in action from the foundation of the world was so that you and I could be saved and set free and redeemed so that we can then become the hands and feet that bring this message of good news, great joy for all the people, that we take on this work. We take on this responsibility, we take on this life and it changes everything about us from the inside out. And so this Christmas, right now, you don't have to wait until tomorrow for the greatest gift. The greatest gift that you will ever receive is right in front of you. And I wanna give you the opportunity to receive that. It might be that you've never, maybe you've never heard this story. Maybe you've never heard this truth about the God of all creation that loves you he loves you so much that even while we're in our brokenness and in our, our darkness, he died for us. Maybe you've never heard that, or maybe you heard that years ago and you've walked away from it. And tonight's the time to receive that and welcome him into your life and begin to walk this life with him. I'm gonna ask you to do something. I'm gonna ask you to stand so I can pray for us. And in a moment, we're gonna, we're gonna have our candle lighting and we're gonna sing some beautiful Christmas carols. But before that, I I wanna invite you to allow God to to light a flame in you. And I'm just gonna ask you to close your eyes and just, just for a moment, just think about what God is offering you and what he's set in front of you and what he's done for you because he loves you so much. And I'm not gonna ask you to do anything weird. I'm gonna ask you to do one simple gesture. If you're here this afternoon and you're ready to receive what God is giving to you. I just want you to open up your hand. I just want you to lift your hand and just say, Matt, I wanna receive this. Amen. This is I'm not gonna make you do anything else. I just want to know who you are so I can pray for you. The greatest gift you ever receive is right now. For those of you who've raised your hands in this moment, I just want in the quietness of your moment, I just want you to receive this gift. And the way you do that is simply this. Say, Jesus, I, I, I'm here to receive you. And I'm asking you to change everything about my life. I'm asking you to restore everything about my life. I'm giving you all of my past. I'm giving you all my failures, all of my successes, Jesus. I'm giving it all to you. I'm asking for you to give me you, the grace and forgiveness that only comes through you. And I'm asking you to establish your life in me, your purpose in me, your heart in me. I thank you for loving me. I thank you for giving your life for me. And although I don't understand everything about you, I trust you. I believe you and I'll follow you. And I will work this harvest. I will work this field. I will work this life that you've created me for and called me to, all for your glory. Father, we thank you for this gift. Thank you for salvation, grace, hope, mercy, love, the ability to receive from you. Thank you for giving us the greatest gift In Christ, that we would ever receive and ever will receive. Thank you for the hope that you've set in us. No matter where we are in our seasons, thank you that we can trust you and you who called us are faithful. For your great glory, we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message from the Creek Church. We invite you to listen to other messages on this podcast. Or if you have any questions, you can email us at info at thecreekfw.com.